0: Welcome to our uh, storyline service here in Canberra, California, so grateful to have got together. Um, I do want to welcome you. Uh, we are kicking off a great series on what, if, what the world expects what the world wants to be his disciples. Um, I want to lift up a great brother in our congregation, and that is Ryan Figueroa. <laughs> Ryan of uh, leading our... Uh, Team ministry classes uh, here on Sunday mornings, and he's in such a great job. He's a, he's honestly a baseball player at Channel Islands. He loves God. Ryan is one of the most evangelistic disciples in our campus ministry, even in our church. He's always he's always engaging someone. He's always talking to someone. He's always bringing someone, and it's it's right to lift him up and and, and recognize him because he's such a great example. So Ryan. Go ahead and take your team history class out to their to class thank you for serving my capacity. I really appreciate what you're doing. We'll it's been great. Yeah, you can open those doors and uh, I think he's a strong gentleman football player by the floor there. I think he can handle him. I think he plays football at Cam High School. I think he's a solid guy there. Gentlemen, open doors, everything oh, we Let's pray together.
1: And God in heaven, we're so
0: thankful and grateful for you. And thank you for the new year. It's a great new county year, kind of reset our minds. It was a great holiday season that we had fun and we just kind of getting back into swimming things, God. And pray that ability will walk with every one of us, God, in joyful times and especially sad times, God. You never leave our side. You're always with us. God help us to. Know that you with us in the valley of darkness, but you're also with us in the greatest, joyous moments in our life. Uh, I pray that this morning, God, your Holy Spirit would stir us, would move us, uh, individually and collectively. So we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so, um, you know, I, I wanted to start off uh, just letting you know what our philosophy is of the church. And that is we believe that this is a collection of disciples of Christians. But the real church service happens on Monday. It happens when you go out to work. It happens when you go into your neighborhood. It happens on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then we get together to celebrate together our relationship with God. It's awesome. And we talk a lot about love. We talk about loving each other and loving God. And that's an important part. So this morning, I'm going to open up a series on us to help us with our Idea of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and why it's so important, and why the teachings of Jesus are so important for disciple making. Uh, I'm going to tell you an illustration. There's this guy was reading the paper and he stumbles across that, an ad that catches him off guard. It's a cruise for 1995, nice. and he goes, "Man, that sounds amazing," but he's a bit skeptical, so he calls a toll free number. Sure enough, the lady on the other reassures him, yes, it's legitimate. And so he walks to the travel agency, reaches into his pocket, grabs $19.95 with a nickel, and slaps it on the counter and says, I will take you up on your offer for that cruise. And she says, Wonderful. She takes his money, she reaches under the counter, takes it out a hammer, and hits him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> He wakes up and he finds himself tied to a log with a sail floating down a river. At first he's mad. He's mad at himself. How could I be so stupid? But after a few minutes, he's like, oh, this feels, this feels kind of calm, The water's kind of chill and gently rolling down the waves, the cool breeze. And the but only looks over and he sees another log with another guy tied with, with a sail there. He goes, Hey. Hey, do you know if they sell refreshments on this cruise? And God replies, "Well, they didn't last year." (laughs) Many Christians have discovered that it's possible for a Christian year after year to basically stay the same, making the same poor decisions over and over again. How is that possible?
1: Well, you have to ask
0: yourself, am I living on sand or am I living on the rock? It's very possible to hear the teachings of Jesus but not put them into practice. When we only hear and don't obey Jesus' teachings, we find ourselves cycling through the same bad decisions and experiencing spiritual stagnancy for years. And we find our churches... Producing church attenders, but not necessarily the disciples of Jesus. So if you don't have a chair, we have a few chairs to our left. You can use them. We have a few seats here to sit down. So I want to look at a parable of what Jesus said about two foundations. And he explains the difference between just hearing his teachings and actually building our lives on them. Let's take a look at this passage. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew it and beat against the house. Yet, it did not fall, because it's had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose. And the winds blew and beat against that house and fell with a great crash. So here's some observations of that parable. The man who built his house on the rock and the man who built his house on the sand, both heard the words of Jesus. So just hearing the teachings of Jesus, like coming to church in the morning on Sundays, listening to the words of Jesus, it's a start. But it's certainly not the point. Both men get pounded by rain by rising streams, by hurricane-like winds, both lives get pummeled by stuff, and then life goes, and that's all life goes for everyone. But in the end, it's the one who listened to Jesus' teachings and obeyed them is the one left standing. Now, there's another parable just parallel to that in Luke chapter six, and this is the time where the guy had to dig down into the into the ground. And he laid his foundation on the rock, and the other one did not lay his foundation on the rock. And it's not about location, it's about whether someone can dig down deep enough to hit a rock foundation. Both of these men are interested in Jesus, but only one of them digs the foundation deep enough to where it hits the rock. And Jesus is placing this big equal sign when it comes. To living a life that's going to get pummeled or living a life that gets pummeled and yet you're left standing. There's a big difference. And the reason why this, this parable is so amazing is that the people of Jesus' day, they were amazed at his authority. That he would speak like this. That he would talk like this. They would, and we should feel the same amazement as they felt. I'm thinking they thought, who, is he, who, is is? who does he think he is? And I'm sure they thought about that. Well, Jesus thought he was God. That's who he thought he was. He, he, he really believed he was God. And so we as his disciples, we follow him. Who do we say we are? Jesus believed it. So he spoke with authority. Now, is it sand or is it rock? Which one is it? Is it sand or rock? So here's three questions. Think need to be answered. Is it sand or rock? What is the world looking for? And what does the world get instead? And what do we need to do about it? These are three questions that we ought to ask ourselves. The first one is found in the book called Barak. It's five things that people want from God but just don't exist. And it tells a story, a very sad, pathetic story. Of a junior in high school, he's asked to write an essay with lots of colorful descriptions, and he wickedly giggles and he writes a story. He goes, I'm gonna to tell this kind of story. That Tommy and Billy were jumping into a pile of autumn leaves. Yay, hooray! And their dog Lucky, want, wanting to be part of this awesome time, goes to the doggy door and into the fun, It doesn't notice the snake that slithered into the pile. And Lucky barks and yells. And the dad runs out and bends down to see the dog and says, I'm sorry, boys. The dog is dead. At the end. What a terrible story. Well, what does the world get? They get that kind of story because life is, is sometimes full of challenges and you don't have answers. You buy lots of stuff that they think it's going to make you happy and then stuff goes bad or technology surpasses it, right? You have to get a new TV. you do a lot of fun things that they think you're going to make you happy, but then happiness again is around the corner. Maybe next summer. We spend so much time on chasing things that disappoint us. That's what the world is. noticing. the world is looking for something, anything, even one thing it can truly, truly trust. It's looking for one thing it can truly, truly trust, and I believe it's Jesus. Amen. They can truly trust him. The second question is what does the world get instead? So there's this guy, Jim John Stulli, he's a Bible Scholar's commentaries and the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter five. And he writes about the hunger of our culture for something real, true peace, true hope, and true love. And they truly crave these things. And our answer to them is well, let's go to church. Check out the church. What you're finding, what you're looking for, you're going to find in the church. Yet, when they do turn to church, what actually happens is that they begin to realize that the church is just like that. They just meet together on Sundays. That's what happens when we just become church attenders, and we no longer are building our life on the. The rock is on the sand, and it happens. I've been a Christian. I just celebrated 29 years of being a disciple January 9th. I was like, I'm almost 30 years old. And I'm like, and I, and I, I felt those years were like, Am I a disciple? Am I felt those years? like, Am I really? Am I just going through the motions?
1: Yeah, yeah. We all have that. Yeah. If you're around long enough,
0: you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? And you need to have a reminder going, like, Hey, I need someone to remind me. Of what Jesus said. So, what, what the, the scholars pointing out is that when you stay the same, all you're doing, only difference is you're going into a church. So, that's not the answer sometimes. Yeah, we want people to come to church. But remember, you're the church. On Monday, you're the church. This afternoon, you're the church. right. That's why last week I talked about breaking bread with break. you. I got a phone call from this guy. about like text message from a brother in our family. Oh, my uncle's very simple. great. let together. So I, I texted the, the, the gentleman who lives an ox and we're going to break bread. This is coming Friday. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited about that. I can't wait. So I'm talking to on the phone. I didn't just set the schedule and talk him on Thursday. I'm talking throughout the week. Because, you know, I want him to know that I'm very interested in building a relationship. What does the world get from us instead? They get disappointment. That's what they get. Um, I don't play the piano, so I'm not a musician. I want to say it It's a great analogy that I studied. When you learn to play the, any kind of piano, you're supposed to learn it this way. Every good boy does fine. If you play piano, you know that trouble with memorization is for you know, the E, the G, the B, the D, and they have these little acronyms to how to play the piano properly. Because when you do that, you can read the music sheet. Or what some people do, just like some people do in church, is that they play piano by ear, and they, they play with it as it comes naturally to them, and they bypass the more laborious and fruitful pathway to learning music. Now, some people can skip the hard work of learning, and they sound pretty good at playing by ear. I see people do it. Yet they're still probably going to be limited in what they actually can play. So when it comes to living the life of excitement, it's easy to try to do what comes naturally to play by ear. Yet the Bible includes plenty of habits that I think are worth learning. Every good boy does fine. It's has plenty of these kinds of habits to learn for us, the tools and with lots of new habits, we can learn to build our life on the rock. Here's some of the here's some of the every good boy does find in the Bible. Learn to forgive. Learn to forgive your spouse. Start there in house, right? That's number one. Sometimes we, we, we bypass our marriage. I'm going to forgive my neighbor. No, forgive your spouse for second. Like really, forgive, right? Forgive them. Forgive your roommates, right? Starts in the home. Learn to forgive. Do not repay evil for evil. Learn thankfulness. Giving thanks to God, the Father. You know, I love when there's a grateful person. Just thankful. Just say, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for all the blessings. Learn honesty. Every good boy is fine. Just put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. You know how refreshing it is to hear someone in the world just be honest? It's like, oh, it's awesome. Everyone always has a little. I at a little bit but I want to make sure I look possible. You no, don't have that. I'm like that too, right? But, but when we get past the meter, I mean, there's it honesty. It's like, oh, you're human. like, hey, you have my struggles too, right? So we can relate I and mean, we build a bridge and it's awesome. Now, these aren't easy and it takes time to practice these, but it takes rethinking, relearning and retraining, breaking old habits and starting good habits. Every good boy does fine. That's the kind of church that would tell the world that we have what they wow. A church that forgives each other. Mm-hmm. A church that knows each other. Yeah. A church that blesses those who persecute us. A church that speaks the truth and love, even though it may make it so popular. Mm-hmm. A kind of church that is kind to everybody without exception. Mm-hmm. If we really trained in these areas, we would become a place of healing and restoration, a home for prodigals, a hospital for the hurting, a place where the truth is lived out. And that culture would at least give us the hunch that people are missing something. They're missing what we have here. And when they see you on Monday, do they see this? Do they see you being petty at work and holding grudges at work? Because workplaces are prime places to practice. Because we have annoying co-workers. That is a fact. You cannot escape that. But do they see your forgiveness, your thankfulness, and your openness? Yeah. That is powerful. Just try that at home. <laughs> try, to, try forgiving and not waiting four days to do it. But the practice of forgiving, yeah. I had a fight with my wife over the weekend, and I had to practice, learn forgiveness because I was hot, I was mad, and I was hurt. And I was timid going, No, let's be silent for a while. I'm good at that, I'm like, You know. I can not <laughs> sign for a long time. And Karen hates it, I know she hates it, that's why I get petty, that's why I do this, oh, right? <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, I'm speaking to for today. I'm going to press those so, but, and I'm like and I'm like it's my anniversary this Do I really want to stay this quiet <laughs> 23 years today
1: yeah. but, but
0: it was a temptation to not forgive to not be grateful and to not be honest there's a there's a strong temptation when you're yelling at your wife and you're hot mad hurt. And your heart is bleeding of pain. <laughs> and we hope we got with the Jacobs that night. And you a great we Who we That night we had a great conversation, a great talk. This is, has to happen in our homes. Yeah. Don't think of happening in your home, it's going to happen at work. It's hard. It's got to happen at home. Can we do this? This is the kind of church. This is we can do it naturally, play it by ear, but it's extraordinarily limited. One of us play Christianity by ear, it's limiting. So, what does the world want? Third question is what do we need to do about it? let's what's review what's, the, what's it looking for? It's looking for a, something that you truly trust. The world gets what instead? They get you know, they get us playing, by, playing it by ear instead of real training. We do what comes naturally. Right, we don't want to be that church. You know, there's a scholar that points this out. When it comes to the Bible and Jesus, is like, oh, he's got great morals. He's a great teacher. He's got great spiritual insight. And we don't necessarily think about the, Jesus being the most intelligent, the smartest person. What we, we think of these guys, we think of some intelligent ones, Einstein for sure, Edison for sure, Elon Musk. Yeah, he's pretty smart, right? Aristotle, the philosopher, philosophy means the love of, uh, of, 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 of knowledge. Aristotle, Bezos, he you owns, know, he's still on Amazon. Uh, Newton, Hawking. We don't necessarily think about Jesus as being the smartest, most intelligent person who ever lived. And often we hear the teachings of Jesus on how to live. And we think to ourselves, we might know better. And that's part of the problem in some of our churches. Is that we start playing Christianity by ear. And we stop really listening and obeying the teachings of Jesus. And how we teach each other. This is what Jesus says. He knows better than anyone how devastating adultery is. And the connection between lust and adultery. He knows that. He knows better than we do how ugly favoritism is when the it says love your neighbor and enemy," He says love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. He knows better than we do just how easy it is for religious people to get prideful. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. He knows this. Jesus knows. In Matthew 6.15, he knows better than we do and how close hearty, and unforgiving heart is. Even so much the love of God is kept out. If you don't forgive others your sins, God doesn't forgive you. Look at Matthew 6, 19. Jesus knows better than we do how just getting more and more stuff leaves you empty. He knows. Jesus knows better than we do, and just how ridiculous worry is they can't add a single hour To our life. Jesus is the most intelligent, smartest person who ever lived. Jesus knows better than we do just how complete our lives would be if we would just focus on Him and seek the kingdom first. Jesus knows better than we do and just how destructive it is to be judgmental. Do not judge, or you'll be judged. Jesus knows better than we do just how easy it is to walk the path of destruction versus enter through the narrow gate. Jesus knows. He's the smartest, most intelligent person who ever lived. So why do we just hear and not believe? Because we get in those mountains. That's why this message, I hope it stirs you. I hope it moves you. Because we don't want to be a church It's just church attenders, right? Here's one thing you can work on as a church. We're going to start at ten a.m. Okay? Okay. Not 10, 15. 10 a.m. Okay. I know we've been doing ten fifteen on the board. I know it's my fault. I'm not doing this it's I got to these bad habits. I own it. That's my it's bad leadership. Okay. See, speak truth to your neighbor. Take responsibility. Bad leadership. We're going to start at ten. So at nine forty-five. We have some coffee out there. Sometimes some people come fellowship with each other now is come but make time with each other you know we'll get this cool this little vision night here i'm like, what you don't i'm going to vision night vision night what is that, like, what is that? Like, a vision night <laughs> did i tell you they had vision night did i tell you they went no yoke on your own stirred by god stirred by the spirit i'm on a vision night and I, they went and car came back with this big old poster and all these visions remind me we're still kind of had not unresolved <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate what she did. She didn't, she didn't need my permission to go and strengthen other disciples. She just did it on home because God moved her. And God will move you to do things like that individually. Now, if you want to do something on Sunday service, you got to be quiet and talk to me because I said the Sunday service up. But if those are kind of evenings, those kind of nights that are amazing. And Jesus knows. And that's just a sampling of the treasures that you find in the Bible. Just a little smid, smidgen of it. You've got treasures in the teachings of Jesus. So, so now what? Now what? The now what is this? Don't make converts. God is not interested in that. God is interested in us making disciples. So the now what is to be his disciple? Maybe you have been. Maybe you are, not right? Maybe it's time to be his disciples. Because you can have a church with razzle-dazzle music and have church attenders. Yeah. The music doesn't make disciples It helps maybe your heart and the message better, but disciple-making is different. Disciple-making happens outside of this room. Yeah. It happens during the week. Be a student. He's inviting you mm-hmm. to train under his teachings, to become Jesus' apprentice, his follower a lifelong learner, and the curriculum is always the Bible. We all just need to trust Jesus. We trust him so much with the afterlife, heaven, let's trust him with this life, the current life, right? After all, he knows. He knows best how to live our lives, and it's what this world so desperately needs. So what's it going to be? Sam, Walk. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for giving us the most smartest person ever to live and the teachings. Help us to re-examine ourselves this morning as we think about hearing the message, hearing the teachings of Jesus and obeying them. God, move the, the, the thorn and the weeds from our hearts that are proud of Help our soil be that one soil that can just receive the word and it, it's just same sent. Help us to remove some of the rocks that are in there. Help us to put into practice the teachings of forgiveness and all the great treasures that you give us. God, we want so much to be close to you and have a, have a relationship with the world, God, where they, they, they have an answer for their disappointment. And that is the kingdom. God, we're just so impressed by you, God, your, your wisdom and your knowledge and what you've given us. You've given us a monumental task, God, that we're so eagerly looking forward to fulfilling. It's in Jesus' name, right? Amen. Amen. Amen.